Hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm going to be talking about learning. So according to the book, learning is the process of acquiring through experience new and relatively enduring information or behaviors. In learning, there's, you know, many ways we can obtain and learn information. However, there are two, you know, main ones. The first being classical conditioning. Now, classical conditioning originates from Ivan Pavlov's ideas, and it's a basic it's a basic form of learning and it applies to all animals and species. Classical conditioning allows an organism to associate stimuli and anticipate events. And the whole process of classical conditioning in, involves stimuli and re- and responses. Now, classical conditioning involves many different stimuli and responses. Um, and they're either conditioned, which, you know, they're learned, or they're unconditioned, which means they are unlearned and, you know, they just come naturally. An example of classical conditioning, let's say, is just, you know, when a dog sees food, their mouth drools. And when that food is associated with a sound, after a while, the dog would, like, whenever the dog hears that certain sound, their mouth will start drooling because they think, you know, food's going to arrive. Now, an interesting thing about classical conditioning techniques is that they can be used to improve human health and well-being in many areas, according to the book. Now, the next form of learning is operant conditioning, and it is when an organism associates their own actions with consequences. B.F. Skinner heavily influenced people to use operant conditioning in you know day-to-day life such as working school and home now operant conditioning uses these things called reinforcers which increase the likeliness that a behavior will continue there are two main types of reinforcers which is positive which you know strengthens respondings by presenting a typically pleasurable stimulus and negative which strengthens a response by reducing or removing something negative An example of a positive reinforcer being used in day-to-day life is, let's say, you know, you get paid after doing chores. You won't, you won't, like, mind doing chores as much if you know you're going to get paid for it. An example of a negative reinforcement would be to, you know, finally put on your seatbelt so you can stop hearing that annoying little beep, beep, beep that the car makes. You, the sound is now gone, but now you would know to put on your seatbelt sooner and more often so you don't hear it. Although both positive and negative reinforcements are effective, I believe that negative reinforcements can be a bit more effective. The reason why I say this is because if, you know, you want something annoying to stop, you'll use something or do something about it, and the more you do it, the less likely that annoying thing will happen. And although you can get rewarded in a way for, as for positive reinforcements goes, I believe that by working to stop something will make a person more motivated to do it rather than just receiving an award. Now reinforcers are often used in schedules called reinforcement schedules and a reinforcement schedule defines how often a response will be reinforced according to the book. There are four main types with the first being fixed ratio schedules. A fixed ratio schedule basically says that after a specified number of responses, a reinforced behavior will occur. So an example of this is, you know, you buy 10 coffees, you get one free. A person's going to, like, eventually, they're going to buy 10 so they can get that one free. 
the next are variable ratio schedules. Um, they just reinforce a response after an unpredictable number of responses. So an example of this is, you know, gambling. Like, you never know if when you're going to win or if you're going to win. So it's going to make a person want to keep on gambling. The next is a fixed interval schedule. Fixed interval schedules basically say that a reaction or response will happen after a certain amount of time. So, for example, like, if let's say the mail gets delivered every day at 4, a person will eventually, you know, look outside every day at 4 and wait for the mailman to come so they can get their mail. The last type of a reinforced schedule is variable interval schedules. And these are schedules that reinforce responses or behavior at unpredictable and random times. An example of this being used every day would be a person studying for an unpredictable pop quiz. They don't know when the quiz is going to be, so they just study at random times in hopes that like the next day the quiz will come and they will have all the knowledge they need. I believe that at school interval schedules are used much more because, you know, like the variable interval schedule, you know, there are many pop quizzes in school and so kids just study throughout the day and throughout the week. and. Fixed interval schedules can be used, you know, like let's say you walk into a history class every day at the, at the end of class, you got to do an exit note. Kids are going to like be prepared to take out that sticky note and get ready to write that exit note every day at the end of class. Now, although I don't have a job, I do believe that probably a fixed ratio schedule would be used quite often in a workplace and more specifically in probably like retail or food. Because, you know, again with the buy 10 coffees, get one free example, many people, like many workers would have to be prepared to, you know, deal with people buying 10 coffees just so they could get that one free. We know that reinforcers are used in operant conditioning, but punishment is too. According to the information given by the book, a punishment is an event that tends to d decrease the behavior that it follows instead of increasing like a reinforcement would. Now, punishment can come both positive and negative. A positive punishment administers an aversive stimulus. So an example of this would be a police officer giving a ticket for someone speeding. And it could also be negative. And negative punishment is withdrawal of a rewarding stimulus. An example of this would be, you know, taking away a kid's tablet because he was misbehaving with it. In my opinion, I believe that reinforcers are much more effective because the problem with punishments is that they can have major drawbacks such as suppressing a behavior instead of changing it and it encourages discrimination and it creates like it create it could create fear and it can increase aggression, depression and low self-esteem. Now back to just the basic operant conditioning as a whole. An example of that being used normally would be, you know, a child learns the meaning of the word please. The more they say please, the more they realize they get what they want. So they eventually would just use please as much as they can just so they can get what they want. There's also observational learning, which is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you kind of just learn by observing others. Children tend to copy what other people do. And a, an example of them like showing this in normal situations would be, let's say, they see someone in their family get hit. They might end up hitting their, like, their toys because they think it's normal. 
another example of this would be let's say they're watching like a violent show they might incorporate some of the things that they learned from that show into real life so let's say they watched an action karate film they might start kicking things out of nowhere just because they saw that movie or show this can also be shown within the media so let's say you know violent video games if a kid's playing a violent video game they might incorporate some of that violence into aggression in real life now the main thing that really interested me throughout this whole unit or modules is just the fact that there's just so many different ways to learn like i always thought it was just so simple like oh you see and you do you know but now i know that there's many different ways such as like sometimes it just happens naturally which is basically what um classical conditioning explains and then like you know we purposely do it which is what operant conditioning explains and then of course there's observable learning which is you know we see and we do